We all have habits in our life, whether we admit it or not. Some habits are better than others. You look two ways before you pull out from a stop sign. Most of you brush your teeth in the morning. Most. I think the chances of that happening if you're over the age of 16 is greater. It still seems like a struggle. We have good habits in our lives and bad habits in our lives. And a habit is a oftentimes learned behavior that creates a specific or particular result. So here we are in the beginning of a new year and we have all of these goals that we have perhaps set, um, commitments that you have made, promises you're going to try to keep, um, resolutions that you are making. And let me tell you, if we do not establish the habits in our lives to make those happen, they are not going to happen. Because habits are what makes the goal realized. And so we are excited about combining the word spiritual with habits. And I, and I get it, right? So, so there's probably someone in this world that could have thought of a more exciting title for this series. Spiritual habits doesn't sound very exciting. But let me tell you, it leads to some incredibly exciting things. And so if we take the description of spiritual and add that to habits, the results are incredibly exciting. Because spiritual habits help you enjoy Jesus. And God has given us these practices for us to be able to learn how to live life to the fullest. So we're going to be covering these things through this month. We're going to cover today Bible reading. Next week we'll talk about prayer. And the next week we're going to talk about fasting. And then the next week we're going to talk about Christ-centered community. And so these are the four weeks, and there's more good habits than that. Those are the four that we're going to fit in. And I'm excited to, to bring you these habits that we can that we can get better on so that we can become more like we're supposed to be so we can live life to the fullest and reach the goals that we need to reach for Christ. But but here's the thing. They don't the habits that we are going to be working on, they don't earn the enjoyment of the Christian life. They receive it. The habits are not the ticket. The habits are the ride. Put it this way. They are not payments for pleasure. They are the pipelines. So you've got to wrap your head around this. It's not the fact that reading my Bible and praying and fasting and, and, and uh, uh, Christ-centered community, those are not just getting me to the place where I can enjoy life. They are enjoyable. And they are the pipelines for the pleasure that we as believers get to have in life. So today we're going to be talking about Bible reading specifically. And that moment on a regular basis when you and God spend some time together in his word. And there's so much power in the Bible. And let me tell you, I, and, I, and I realize that um, we are in this technologically savvy 
world. And so many things are electronic. And I have got six Bible apps on my phone. Okay? And I don't open up a concordance anymore. I have websites that I use for studying. But for me, for this 51-year-old guy, I know, I know. You, you were like, what? He's 51? For this stellar 51-year-old guy, my sweetest times with the Lord are when I have my Bible open. But this is such an incredible book. And for me, my sweetest times are when I'm looking at the pages of this book with a notebook and a pen, maybe a highlighter, and a cup of coffee. Now, I understand that there's a whole generation growing up that highlights everything with a cursor. And they write all their notes out and they keep them forever on their hard drive or in the cloud. And that's what is going to be precious to you. And I appreciate that, and I applaud that, and I recognize that as meaningful. But I do love the fact that I have Bibles from my dad with his words in it and his notes. And I have a whole legal notepad of the last months of his life when he was reading through the Psalms to gain comfort. And it's just his words of all the things that God shared with him that I can look at and go through. And I just think that somewhere you need to be writing down what God is sharing with you. And it can be electronic, that's fine, but make it meaningful. So, so Paul, the author of most of the New Testament, wrote to his son of the faith, Timothy, and this is the second letter that he wrote. And I want you to see how incredible the word of God can potentially be in our lives. So he says this to young Timothy. He says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which were able to make thee wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then look at this incredible verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means he breathed the words And then he gives us four things it's profitable for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. To what end, Eric? Well, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the King James, it says, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I love the idea of of furnishing a room, putting everything in its place. There is incredible power to the Bible in our lives and the words that are spoken here. But I'm, I'm, I'm knowledgeable enough about people and in our, our busy lives that I realize that there are a lot of excuses as to why we don't spend time in the Bible. And today I'm just going to be very honest and blunt and transparent, so forgive me ahead of time. But I feel like as, as a church, we need to step up our game as believers 
and place more value and spend more time with and get more from this incredible treasure that we have. So I would like to, though, recognize some of those things that we seem to have a difficult time with in regards to this particular spiritual habit. One of the first things you'll hear is that I just don't feel the Bible is applicable to my life. I mean, it was, it was completed, right, in, in like, like 2,000 years ago. And parts of this Bible go back even further than that. And you have 66 different books in here by different authors, and it's all, it's, it's all compiled into this thing that we call the Bible. And how in the world can something that was written so long ago be applicable to my life today? Well, first of all, there, there are timeless principles in here. Second of all, this is an eternal book. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So I believe this, I believe that we are going to be for all of eternity continuing to mine and dig beautiful truths out of the word of God, the same one that you hold in your hand today. But let me just address the the applicable part. It depends on what you're looking for. If you are interested in patterning your life, your marriage, your parenting, your relationships, your work ethics, if you're interested in patterning those after God's plan, then the Bible is incredibly applicable. Some things, sometimes you hear people say, well, I just don't have time, is another common difficulty with this particular spiritual habit. Let me tell you, what I think it is a lot of times is we are so used to multitasking and doing three things at once, it's hard for us to imagine a moment in our day where we would just stop everything and focus on this. Let me just be very blunt. I, we make time for what we value. And the reason we don't have enough time for the Bible is because we don't value God's word like we should. Now, I don't even pretend to know what your schedule looks like, and I know that you're busy. I'm just saying that we make time for what we value. When I was in seminary, my least favorite professor was a man by the name of John Cash. And you had reading assignments. In an Old Testament survey, you read through the entire Old Testament in one semester. And every class period... He would stand the entire class up, and he would say, every class period, he would stand up the entire class and said, okay, if you're up to date on your Old Testament reading schedule, you can be seated. And inevitably, some doofus, like me, would stay standing, because I hadn't read my, or I was a day or two behind. Oh, so Mr. Replog... You couldn't find time to read God's word. Now, I was working several jobs, working my own way through college, and, you know, it wasn't like I was, like, had tons of free time, but he didn't care about your excuses. And if you tried to give any excuses, Mr. Cash would say, oh, did you eat yesterday? Did you sleep yesterday? Oh, so what you're saying is your eating and your sleeping is more important than 
reading the Bible. And you're going to be a preacher one day. I just want to throw something at him because it's like he knew what he was doing. And he was instilling in us making God's word a priority. Now, I'm not going to do that to you. Because I think you get the point. We make time for what we value. Do you hear that? And the reason we don't spend time in God's word is we don't value time in God's word. Like most things in life, I don't think it's because you don't think it's important. I think you allow the urgent to replace the important. So, some people don't feel it's applicable. Some people say we don't have time. Another common difficulty with this spiritual habit is we feel like we need, we get what we need from church on Sunday. And as a pastor, this is both a compliment and a real hurt because we try really hard to provide a feast for you on Sunday. We try to feed you well. There's a lot of effort that goes into this one hour of experience, hour and five, hour and 10 minutes maybe. And we do a lot to give you something that is life-altering and meaningful and helpful. We try to give you a feast, but please eat more than once a week. And you have the ability to feast on God's word on your own every day and get what you need. Don't be satisfied with just one meal a week. Don't be satisfied with what somebody else gives you. Listen, take this on yourself and go the next step in your Christian life and grow in your relationship with Christ by taking your own time with the Word of God. Sermons should not just satisfy your hunger. Please hear me. They should create it. So what you should be getting in church is enough to say, man, I want to know more about that. I want to get to know more about Jesus. I want to, I want to get closer to God. So this should not be satisfying you like you walk out of here going, "Woo, that's good. I'm good for another 167 hours. You would never do that physically, but we do it every week spiritually. So, so make the time. And keep coming to church. And be fed. This is celebration. But this is not all you should be getting. Another difficulty with this spiritual habit is that we, we find it too hard to understand. And I get it. I get it. Why do you think there are so many different versions I love the King James Bible, been around for hundreds of years, but I grew up with it. So to me, it's this beautiful language that speaks to my soul. But a lot of times, if I read that to somebody else that's unfamiliar with that particular translation, they look at me like I have a second head. And so it can be difficult to understand. But even if you have a more modern translation, there are truths in here that just are difficult to wrap our brains around and it can be difficult to understand so I'm acknowledging that but it is so good for us and it was written for us think about that it was written for us 
So we must be able to get it. And I'm not saying you're going to become a biblical genius, but there's enough in here that you can understand that will significantly change your life because it was written for you. Listen, listen, here's the thing. When you read scripture, you're learning to think the way God thinks. That's not going to be easy because we can be idiots and we have a lot of stuff that we, that we hear all day long. And then when you go to the word of God and it doesn't look the same, it takes a while to begin to think differently and think the way God thinks. My advice here, my admonition to you is just to take it slow. Don't feel like you have to understand everything. If you can read a verse or two a day and it becomes meaningful to you, even if you went back tomorrow and read the same verse or two, that would be great progress. Yeah, it can be hard to understand. It was written by God, but it was written for you. And this is the last difficulty we'll mention. But sometimes people just don't know where to begin. And again, I understand that. And if you are newer to Christ or you're still searching it out and trying to figure it out, could I suggest that you don't start in Leviticus? (laughs) Or Numbers. Okay? It's all God's word. I get it, right? It's all God's word. Unless you're a CPA, I would stay away from Numbers. But it's like there are, there are okay, if I, if I were to make a suggestion to you as to, as to where to start, I would say um, it depends on what you're going through. But uh, the book of John is just traditionally a beautiful place to begin. It's the third book, uh, fourth book in the, in the New Testament. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are three, four gospels. I'm a great preacher, but I can't count. <laughs> there are four gospels. Each one of them give you a different vantage point to the ministry of Christ and his life. And John just makes it incredibly personal. And John's a beautiful place to start. If you are needing encouragement and comfort, I would, I would, I would suggest maybe go to the Psalms and read through some of the Psalms. Um, there's other good books, really. I would just start somewhere, but those are some suggestions there. Where you begin is up to you. But again, I, I think it's just important that you get started. So, so now that we've addressed some of the more major difficulties associated with this particular spiritual habit, let me tell you what I am excited about. What I'm excited about is that whenever you read the Bible, something miraculous is happening. And here is why. Because you are not just an ordinary person. And the Bible is not just an ordinary book. And so when, when God and his book did get together with you, something beautiful happens there. It's this, it is this, and, and you may not feel like it will, but I promise you this. When you get together with God and you read his words, there is some miraculous power that is there. Because you're not ordinary and this is not an ordinary book. And you're talking about God's words. So let me give you three exciting overlooked truths here that I believe can be life-changing, and it's going to be brief here, but there, first of all, there is a God. And this God knows us. He created us. He became man and lived among us. 
He knows what we are going through. He is real and he is almighty and he is intensely personal. There is a God. Not, not only that, but check out this truth. God speaks through his book. Scripture is God's primary way of speaking to us. And so it's like what God wanted to tell us is right here. Yehuda Berg said this. He said, he said uh, yeah, I worked a long time on that name. He's a, he's a, a Jewish rabbi. And he says, words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. Think about this. Words. And he said this, words have energy and power and the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate, and to humble. Words. Now, if that is true, imagine what the words of God can do for us that are compiled in this beautiful book. And we hold in our hands the very words of God, the words that God determined to say to this world. That's what we have right here. And then thirdly, so there is a God. (laughs) God speaks through his book, and God speaks to people like me. And God speaks to people like you. We get so many messages all day long from this world, from so many different outlets. We need this book. And we need to read this book and hear this truth for direction, for peace, for motivation, for comfort, for guidance. We need this book in our lives. So, when you get together with God and his book, great things are going to happen. That's what's exciting to me. So what do you do with it? Very simple. I'm going to give you these four things. And those of you who guess what my points are before I preach, I know you're out there. You're probably going to get at least three or four of these right. And you're going to get, I'm going to get done with this. You're going to say, oh, I could have written that sermon. And you probably could have. But check it out. What are we supposed to do with this book? First of all, we're supposed to read it. We're supposed to read the Bible. I love some of the metaphors that God's word has about God's word. The Bible says it's like water. It satisfies our thirst. The Bible says it's like bread that satisfies our hunger. The Bible says it's like a mirror that we can look at and we, and we can figure out what we need to change about ourselves. The Bible is there for us to read it. Not only that, the Bible should be studied, so we should study it. And this is different than reading it. Of course, you need to read it to study it. But, but if you look at it this way, so like reading it is like raking. Studying is like digging. Or you can put it this way. You should, you should read for breadth and study for depth. And it takes a little bit longer and a little bit more time. But like any other skill in your life, you can develop the skill of study and get better at it. 
And here's the secret weapon that we have. As we take the time to slow down and we study and we get a notebook out and we look up the meanings of words and we try to, we try to figure things out in the Bible and how it applies to us and we write down our thoughts as we're studying, we have this secret weapon called the Holy Spirit. The gift from God for us that helps us understand what we're reading. And my suggestion would be to you that you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to show you things in his word as you study. On the back of your notes there, I put some thoughts about study because I didn't have time to go over them all. In 2016, we did a whole series um, called My Bible. And in that was about the history of the Bible and how to get use out of the Bible and how to study the Bible. Lots of practical tips. It might be beneficial not to pat myself on the back. I'm just saying if you're looking for a resource, it might be beneficial to go back and, and, and go to our website and go back that far into 2016 and just kind of go through those sermons about making the most you can out of the Bible. There are so many resources available. We have gifted you as a church right now media with with thousands of Bible studies that you can use. There are so many online apps that are available today. We offer growth classes here starting on the 28th of this, of this month to help you go deeper in the Word of God. We have community groups that you can join that are going through the Word of God or they're going deeper in our sermons on Sunday that you can get with friends and go deeper and give your thoughts and help each other and encourage each other. There are many ways to study the Word of God. I think you should read it, I think you should study it, and I think you should memorize it. Now, this is, this is a different level. I get it. But as you're reading through or as you are, you know, Googling comfort or help or encouragement, whatever you might be trying to come up with, and you find a verse that seems to really speak to you, I might suggest that you put that somewhere where you can remember it. Write it on a three-by-five card. Stick it on your mirror. Or put it on your dashboard to the left of your speedometer. <laughs> so that you can read through and then you just, just a little phrase. Psalm 119.11 says this, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And there's a lot of ways to hide God's word in your heart. I'm just saying that memorizing a verse or two or a phrase brings it to your mind. It's like having the right tool for the job. It's like, it's like God recalling, like, like you're struggling with something. Maybe you sing a song to kind of get you through something. Maybe you just quote scripture, but you have it memorized, and it's in there already because you have put to memory the words of God. How powerful is that? And then finally, I think this, I think we should read it, we should study it, we should memorize it, and I think we should live it. Because here's, the, here's where the rubber meets the road, folks. You can read it and study it and memorize it, and it doesn't do you a lick of good if you ain't living it. And you know what? It doesn't do us any good either if you ain't living it. There's a verse of Scripture that talks about knowledge, and it says that knowledge puffs up. And if all you do is gain knowledge of the Word of God, but you're not nice to people, if you, if, you, if you read cover to cover the Bible every year and it doesn't help you treat your wife any better or it doesn't help you be a better son or a daughter or a parent or you're a lazy employee 
and you're not living what the Bible is teaching, then it's doing you absolutely no good. Look at this formula, Joshua 1.8. So Joshua's taken over from Moses, and he's going to lead this incredible people. And Joshua 1.8, this is the instruction given. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, what was the book of the law? They didn't have 66 books. Do you know how many books they had in the book of the law? Five. And two of them were Leviticus and Numbers. <laughs> right? So they had five books of the Old Testament. And this would, listen, just with that information, this is what was promised. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And then what will happen? For then... You will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So I love this. He is instructed that you should meditate on the words of the law. You should meditate on God's words. Step number one. And then he says, and that you should observe to do all that is written therein. So here's a formula. Meditation plus application equals blessing. So it's meditation plus application that equals success. Jesus put it this way, and I didn't give you this verse, but it's in the Bible, I promise. John chapter 13, verse 17, Jesus said this, If you know these things... (laughs) happy are you if you do them. So we want abundant life. We want to live life to the fullest. It starts with good spiritual habits. And there is so much value in God's word. And I want my life to reflect what I learned from it. If you look at the history of the word of God, men gave their lives (laughs) because they owned a copy of it. And God forbid that we ignore it. We had to dust it off when we come to church. So, no, this is precious stuff. This is big stuff. And it's a huge spiritual habit that we need in our lives. So I don't know what that means for you. Do you need to download an app? I love daily audio Bible. It reads the Bible to me every day. And you go through the, I'm on my fourth year with them. Now that's not all that I do, but it's a beautiful way to read through the Bible because it sounds more like a story. And you're reading this you, you learn the heart of God as he's working through and, and, and with his people. And then you read about Jesus Christ and how he interacted with people. It, just, it is a great way to take the word of God in, the daily audio Bible. There are, we have right now media. It's a great way to study the word of God. There are so many ways that we have at our disposal. 
greater than any other time in the history of the world. And let's take advantage of that and let's use them. And then let's begin to live it and affect the world that we live in because of the change that's being made within us. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the gift of the Bible. We are grateful for all the resources that we have available. And help us not to take it for granted. Help help us to read it and study it and memorize it and live it. In Jesus' name, amen.